Welcome back to another episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. This would be number seven. And can you guys believe we've been doing this for seven weeks now? It's crazy, man. It's really crazy. It's been getting better and better each and every week. I'm enjoying it. Lucky number seven, this might be our best episode. I mean, honestly, it's been a blast. So, I mean, especially talking with you guys, especially you, Jarrell. So I always like talking to you. So let's let's go. Let's keep going forward for seven more. Hey, I appreciate it. Let's get it. And we'll get it indeed. But first, I'm Jared. And as always, I'm joined by. Uh, I am Mr. Daniel Wen. Uh, and joining us tonight is. It's your boy, Relly Rail, Jarrell Sales. And before I start things off, I just want to clarify. I am Jared Castillo. So just a, a quick little clarification, but. You know, there's a lot of things nowadays, especially in the sporting realm, that needs to be clarified. And one of the things that apparently LeBron James didn't get clarification on was the message on the jerseys. According to the ringer's Paolo Ugetti, LeBron said, quote, it's something that I didn't really seriously resonate with my mission and my goal. And he mentioned that the names on the back weren't what he was looking for, and he didn't necessarily have any input on the words that should be on the back of the jersey. So what do you guys think about that? Drew, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, wow. We're doing something different this this episode on my favorite number. Um, okay, these are my thoughts from it. Um, I'm honestly thinking that LeBron James is saying, okay, we're putting messages on the back of our jerseys, but not to say it's not a big impact, but to question it. Like, what, what's what's that impact? LeBron James has been within his community and other communities making huge impacts. And we've seen that over the years. He's been outspoken person uh, as far as um, more than an athlete. He's developed his own school system for underprivileged uh, kids. And he's been all about it. He talks, he talks, he talks to talk and he walks to walk. So what I'm gaining from this is that, okay, me putting this, this equality, that's not on the back of my jersey. That's not resonating with me. That's not me doing something. And I don't think that's there's any issues with it, especially when we've seen him be so active within the social matters. I mean, at the end of the day, my opinion is this is his choice. This, we're talking about his jersey after all. And like what Jarrell said was really right. Like LeBron James has walked the walk for, for most of his career. And, you know, he has, he has supported his community more through actions, and, and as we all know, actions speak louder than words. So at the end of the day, it would be nice to have some some message on the back of the jersey, but it wouldn't, in my opinion, it wouldn't be detrimental. So do you guys feel that the NBA having the these specific phrases on the back of the jerseys, they're just a little bit disingenuous? I don't. I wouldn't say disingenuous. I mean, it's good to have it on there, but at this at the same time, like we should promoting doing the action instead of just talking. So, I mean, it would be cool to have these words on the back of their jerseys, but at the end of the day, they're just words. And we need to see what actions come out of it. I, I wouldn't say it's disingenuous either. Uh, like he said, it doesn't resonate with him. And it's just the same of how I'm just going to give this experience that I faced as a black person during the times where the protests were at peak and we were seeing it all on social media, and I got questioned from somebody that is not black, saying, "Are you like, are you not motivated to be going out there and protesting?" And me personally, as a, a black person during that time, I go through anxiety, I go through issues, and 
I don't think you can point out how a person handles a certain situation. Now, I'm relating this experience that I face personally to what LeBron James is doing. Understand that these words are, they're going to have meaning. And I don't think LeBron's going to go out there and not wear those t-shirts that still say, say their name, I can't breathe, or have, uh, give some type of tribute to these injustices. Because he's been doing it. So to, to, to have so much power in him electing out of putting these words on his jersey in a negative manner is I have to like I don't think that's 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 fair certain players are going to do it and I, bravo I applaud them but not everyone is going to handle these situations the same and that doesn't take away from the positive impact he has had towards these injustices he's been vocalizing this this stuff on his social media platform and I understand that social media but he's he's has how many followers and he's just throwing it out there he's m- making it be known he's vocalized it we've seen him on the news when um whatever that lady is, I don't even want to know her name, uh, called him out on it saying, shut up and dribble. We've seen it. LeBron has vocalized this shit. So for him to elect out of it, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, I kind of, I really do agree with you, uh, Jarrell. I mean, some players will handle different situations differently, unique to their own personalities. And at the end of the day, how LeBron chooses to express um, how he wants to help with these issues is going to be the way LeBron wants to do it. And at the end of the day, this is his jersey. He he, LeBron will do what he wants. It's interesting you say that because this jersey topic, for whatever reason, it's becoming more and more divisive, I guess, if you want to call it that. Because I don't know if you guys saw, but Senator Hawley is a Republican senator from Missouri. And... He actually emailed Adam Silver saying that if they wanted to put social movements on the jerseys or social cause movements on the jerseys, he suggested why not put support our troops or back the blue. And Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, everyone knows him. He has a huge impact on the NBA landscape because he's the guy that everyone turns to if there's a quote-unquote Woj bomb. I'm sure everyone knows about Adrian Wojnarowski. But he actually sent an email to Holly titled Senator Holly blasts NBA for kowtowing to Beijing and refusing to support U.S. military and law enforcement. And the only thing he said was, F*** you. For that, for speaking his mind, ESPN suspended him. And Woj actually went out and said, I was disrespectful and I made a regrettable mistake. I'm sorry for the way I handled myself, and I am reaching out immediately to Senator Hawley to apologize directly. I also need to apologize to my ESPN colleagues because I know my actions were unacceptable and should not reflect on any of them. And so far, a lot of players have been tweeting out in support of Woj, tweeting out hashtag free Woj. And it's just a weird situation that talking about your feelings i guess what you think about this whole jersey situation as it pertains to someone else's erroneous comments automatically gets you suspended personally i think senator holly was the one that's being that was being insulted i mean support the troops back the blue i mean this is not this is not what this situation is about this is this situation is about the continual oppression of african americans who are consistently suffering under p- police brutality. This is not about the troops. This is not about the police, who, who, by the way, have been historically been oppressing the African-American population. 
for the last, I don't know, 50, 50 to 100 years. So, I mean, this this is this is an insult by the senator trying to spin the situation into something else. And like I said last week, this is kind of a, it's probably a symbol of, of a racist mentality going on here. To piggyback off of that, I don't, I don't think it's probably a symbol. It is. You're showing your true colors. This is a prime example of my house is on fire, but my neighbor says, oh, I need the fire department over here. I need, I need some water over here on my house, but their house isn't on fire. This is a prime example of all lives matter. I'm not trying to take away from that, but it's ridiculous. You're showing how inconsiderate you are of the situation at hand. We're on fire right now. I'm not trying to take away from supporting our troops. And I can, t- I can count countless years growing up seeing support the troops. We've always supported the troops. We love the troops. <laughs> you see it in WWE every, every December, support the troops show. We see it in 2K, NBA, support the troops. We have this. Can you support us? That's my question. Can you support what's going on right now? Because it's like as soon as this is the issue right now, this is a f-ing problem. So, so you, you're, you're sitting here using this as your argument. And it's, it's confusing and it's frustrating to think that people think like that. Like, what the f- Do you see what's going on? I know we're in a pandemic, but this f-ing injustices is a pandemic. The fact that, like, he, you know, he even brought the statement back the blue in a time where, like, police corruption is, and br- police brutality is really being exposed here. To me, it's a, it's a really bad dig at the African-American community who has had a problematic relationship with the police with the police departments in this country for a long time. So yeah, that was that was that's also something I found really bad what Senator Hawley tried to say here. It, it's struck me as insensitive. It's very insensitive and it's a tactic that's always been used. Let's it's bait, basically. He did that and he got woes for it. He you know that was a ridiculous statement to say. He's probably when he when he said this stuff, he was probably smiling, laughing. Even if it was on camera in his mind, he was smiling and laughing about it. And it was ultimately bait because he's always saying ridiculous stuff. Uh, but uh, I applaud Woj for speaking his mind. We see a lot of people that have high status and speak against the norm end up being put in positions like this, which sucks. But like Woj said, "Fuck you, fuck him, some shit." <laughs> I mean, like, Woj strikes me as someone who doesn't really speak, like, all the time. And the fact that he spoke here kind of resonates with the situation. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that two words got him suspended from ESPN. It's like ESPN was so afraid of anyone speaking out. Didn't didn't the same thing happen to Jamel Hill? Yeah, yep. exactly. Exactly the same thing. And as much as we try to talk about wanting progress if the people who are speaking out are silenced then there's not necessarily anything there's not a lot of things that we can do as the general public because these people have the voice and if they're getting reprimanded for it it's it's not a good look right i don't know if this is related but it kind of speaks to the culture today in corporate america where everything you say it's it's kind of sensitive so it could it honestly can backfire on both sides it wasn't backfired on him, on the senator, because that was insensitive. So it's only one side. It hasn't been both ways. It it, it kind of yeah. shows you, especially in corporate America, like when you when you dare to speak on some sort of things and you try to do the right thing. I don't know how to best explain it. It's it's something I've faced before. Like any bureaucracy has this, and it's frustrating. You know, it kind of shows you like how powerful these umbrellas are. Yeah, Daniel, and you mentioned how it's just 
it backfired, right? Well, in some ways, it could backfire for ESPN too, because in all honesty, Woj doesn't need ESPN. ESPN needs Woj. That's true. It's been true for a long time for a lot of the personalities on there. Stephen A. Smith doesn't necessarily need ESPN. ESPN needs Stephen A. Smith. Same thing applies to Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, because without them, what does ESPN have? Because those are arguably their two main, you know, sports figures, especially Woj in basketball. Because they're literally the faces. Well, I wouldn't say literally the faces, but they are the main. If you think of ESPN, you think of Woj. And that's kind of the same way he was seen at Yahoo Sports because everyone everyone talked about Woj. And if you mentioned Yahoo Sports back in the day before he got bought out by ESPN, they would think Woj as the first thing. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. With regards to backfiring, that might backfire with ESPN considering that Woj's contract ends in 2021. We, we'll see what happens there. I mean, Woj can jump to the athletic if he wanted to today. If, if Woj really wanted to. Any network, any viable sports network would take Woj in a, in a, in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. He's, he's one of those, he's like the LeBron James of breaking news, NBA news. You don't think of breaking news without thinking about Woj. That's a fact. That is, and... You know what else is fact, actually? Uh, we were talking about insensitive things, but on the WNBA front, Elena Deladon, she asked to sit out of the 2020 WNBA season because she has Lyme's disease since t- 2008. And for those who don't know, uh, Deladon is the w- the 2019 WNBA MVP. She averaged about you know 19 points and about eight rebounds, and she was the first WNBA player to, to join the 50-40-90 club. Excuse me. And on top of that, she helped the Washington Mystics win the WNBA championship last year. And this entire situation got started because, like I said, Deladon has had Lyme disease since 2008, and she went to her personal physician and, you know, talked about her chances of contracting it contracting the virus, I should say, and her doctor said that she is a high-risk person and she could have complications from COVID-19, to which, after telling the WNBA's doctors that, they were just at odds. And there's just a lot of things going on here. Um, There's just so many pieces of information that came out within the last day or two about this entire situation, like the fact that she takes 64 pills a day to keep the disease basically under wraps and just make it manageable. Can you guys imagine taking 64 pills a day just to have a functioning life? Man, no. I mean, I that kind of shows how tough she is because if I was taking 64 pills a day, I mean, that to me would be kind of unbearable. Yeah, absolutely, man. And to add on to that, these are the kinds of things that she has to go through on a daily basis. She has pains in her joints and her muscles. She has, you know, fatigue, fever, malaise, you know, joint stiffness and joint swelling. And sometimes there might be even rashes or even headaches. So you can see why having this disease and then going to play in, you know, Florida where cases are shooting up might be detrimental to her health. 
Oh, I mean, I read the story and it, it got me thinking. I know this could be, they're kind of related, but it got me thinking about uh, corporate culture in America today and corporate culture in Western nations in general, where it's, it's becoming this abusive relationship between your employer and the employee, where the employer doesn't, they only want you to work and they will, they're willing to work you to death until you can't anymore. And at the, at the end of the day, they don't, it's like the employers and, and these, you know, corporate cultures don't even see their employees as human. And like, this is, to me, this is a definite case of that. And I'm, I'm very sick of this type of way companies are doing this. She's a human being. And like, like this is literally life threatening. So I just don't get what the WNBA is doing here. It's obvious. I feel it's obvious that the WNBA is trying to rush her onto the court and despite the risk to her health. It, it's it's just, it's careless. It's irresponsible. There, that decision needs to be reversed somehow. Daniel, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. It really, it really shows where their mindset is at and they're not thinking of the health as the first, the first option. Like that's, that's my life I'm playing with. Um, it brings me back to the situation with Kawhi Leonard a couple years back with the San Antonio Spurs when he was stating that, oh, there's something wrong with me. And the doctors was like, the San Antonio Spurs doctors was like, no, he's fine. He could play. But he didn't play, right? Set out the rest of the season, right? And he had that power. He had that authority. And as a player that delivered your f-ing city and organization a championship and an MVP and giving you my odd with with this disease, I should be treated better. In all honesty, if I'm her, I'm not playing regardless. I don't give a what what's going on. Find me for all you care. And and when she does that, because she's not going to play, she's not going to play. She's going to sit herself home and relax and take care of her health because that should be the most important thing. And if I'm the Mystics, I'm still paying her. I don't, I don't, I don't care if the WNBA is saying it. If I am the owner of the Mystics and I have to come out of my pocket, I am paying her. Reward your, reward your players. I, I bring this up a lot. This, these basketball teams are more than just a basketball team. These are supposed to be your community, your family, and and during this pandemic, you're supposed to be able to hold on to that a little bit stronger and 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 lean on them. And even if we weren't in a pandemic and she just didn't want to play because because her sickness. I, I would still pay her salary fully because look what she has done for us. So, sorry sorry for interrupting, Gerald. It, it's obvious that the WNBA is valuing money over the you know the price of a human being here. And it, it goes on outside of basketball. It goes on, like I said before, it goes on in the corporate culture of America in general. And it, it, inside, it, it infuriates me, okay? Like, I'm just, I am tired of this this abusive relationship and this type of behavior, these like these multinational corporations are having with their employees at the end of the day. It, it, it sickens me. To go off of two points you guys made about having the power and playing the, or paying the players, excuse me, Daniel talked about a little bit ago about the article or the piece that was in the Players' Tribune today. And she said that it's either playing or her health. Quote, I'm now left with two choices. I can either risk my life or forfeit my paycheck. Honestly, that hurts, end quote. And to go along with that, she actually played the finals with three herniated discs. 
and she was still able to help, you know, Washington win the championship, which at that point, if a player is going through that much just to help you win a championship, then you should be a little bit a little bit more grateful to the contributions and the sacrifices she's made because had Della Don been medically excused, she would have earned her full salary for the season. But because she is potentially choosing not to play, the Washington Mystics don't have to pay her, according to Axios. So I don't even know. It's it's a horrible situation to find yourself in it's where you cool. have to either choose... Yeah, you either have to choose between your health and well-being or getting a paycheck. And that shouldn't be the case, especially if the person we're talking about is the league MVP and is one of the most accomplished players in your franchise and the league's history. And it's so one-sided because you, you said that she played with three herniated discs in the finals. And and look what's happening now. Like, I gave you my all pain, hurting, this and that, and you guys can't even give me this pass? Like, what? And it's not like, oh, I got the flu. I'm be out. You know what I'm saying? Like, this this some yeah. real s***, dog. She got a prop, Not like that, but she has a problem. You know what I'm saying? Y'all not acknowledging that. And that's the f***ing problem with society. It is just, just transferring over and everything. And it's just seeping out. And to see how people are crazy and money hungry. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's money, money. Everything, is coming to, everything is coming to light now. What, you, what you're saying, I totally agree with you, Jarrell. It's 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 this constant need for money, 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 money talks, it, and it's it's not it's not boding really good outcomes at all. I mean, if anything, it's making these corporations that treat these people as commodities instead of actual human beings with problems. It's making them look twice as bad because it's showing what the true focus is: is just making money at the expense of everyone. You know, they don't care. But on well, actually, no, not on other news, but in more COVID-related news, actually, Russell Westbrook has COVID-19. Uh, he's just one of many players that have contracted it. I know a few days ago, Harrison Barnes announced that he has COVID-19 as well. Bruno Caboclo broke quarantine inside the bubble, and he must isolate in his room for a week or so. Same thing with <laughs> Rashawn Holmes of the Kings. And yeah, there's... With the NBA starting in a few weeks, I just want to get your guys' take on this. Uh, there's a few injuries that are coming out. Rondo broke his thumb, and Aaron Fox sprained his left ankle, so he's out for the next week. So which injury do you guys care more about, the Rondo injury or the De'Aaron Fox sprained ankle? How far were the Kings really that close to the playoffs? They were the 11th seed. I, I know the West is much more competitive than the East. Yeah, absolutely, because... With the 22 teams, I think 13 Western Conference teams are going and then nine are from the East. Yeah, I, I know that. I just want to know, like, how close the Kings, like, were. But I don't know if they were too, like, so, so close. But, you know, with the news of De'Aaron Fox's injury, uh, spraining his ankle, I mean, I, I, you can count the Kings out now because, I mean, that's a huge part of their squad. The Raw John Rondo injury is to me, as a Laker fan, is kind of concerning, but at the same time, Rajon Rondo hasn't been having the greatest of seasons, and he hasn't been impacting the team on on the court. But you know, it's still an injury, and it should be treated seriously. Just have to make a note, F-ing Bruno <laughs> broke quarantine. What? That, that, I don't even. I, what is he gonna do? Like, that's not 
he not doing nothing for his team. But anyways, the team, the Kings weren't going to make the playoffs with or with, without De'Aaron Fox. Just wasn't going to happen. Luke Walton is a horrible coach, and he wasn't going to be able to lead them to that. Yes. Sorry. Rondo breaking his thumb. I have to disagree a little bit with you, Daniel. I feel like Rondo did bring some type of stability for us. I know Alex Caruso have made, might have outplayed him. Uh, majority of this season but we gotta we gotta take into uh, consideration and I hope that this this uh, injury is short term because Rondo wants to break his hand every other week anyways but Rondo is a different player when it comes to the playoffs and I feel like we were gonna get that Rondo so on top of that how many you know how many like legit point guards do we really have on our team and who we had starting at point guard isn't even isn't even in Orlando right now Avery Bradley's not even playing and believe it or not I have to say Rondo plays decent enough defense for me to feel comfortable with him at the starting uh, position point guard on top of that we have to look at the positives Rajon Rondo has been shooting I think better than he has in his previous years in his career so a lot of these factors adding up, I think we're going to need him. I hope that he has a speedy recovery, and that's more detriment, more detrimental to us compared to De'Aaron Fox with the Kings because they're not going to make it regardless. Has a timetable been set? Do we, do we know like how long he's suspected to be out? Six to eight weeks. Jesus. Yep. Uh, well, LeBron's going to have to play PG, but I'm uh, just defensively-wise, Crusoe gonna have to have a lot of minutes being played, and Danny Green gonna have to step it up with his shooting, bro. I mean, if of all the people that I believe that can step up, Caruso's one of them. I believe he can step up, and he has stepped up during this season. Yeah, and that actually brings me to a good point because I wrote about a, well a few weeks ago. I wrote about how the Lakers, one of their biggest weaknesses might be age or is a chemistry, and I mentioned how the Lakers picked up Dion and J.R. Smith as strictly insurance policies and maybe they could get some run somewhere right because would would Bradley gone and Rondo injured for two months almost that leaves a lot of minutes to to be had by these two dudes who the Lakers didn't think would be playing major minutes so you got you know Dion you got J.R. Smith you also got Quinn Cook he's still around and Alex Caruso Quinn Cook's a beast. Uh, What's your definition of a beast? <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, for the role he's, he's going to be on, he, he'll serve it well. Okay, hey, fair enough. I, fair enough. I want to see more glints of Warriors Quinn Cook when you would throw him in there for five minutes and he'll just catch on fire. I only think he's done that maybe once, twice this season. To be fair, Warriors Quinn Cook, Steve Kerr knew how to play him. I don't know if Frank Vogel knows how to play him because he's, wasn't he the backup and wasn't he challenging Caruso for backup minutes until Caruso eventually took it over? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's been so long since basketball actually happened. By the way, I may have mistaken Quinn Cook for Kent Bazemore. That is a big (laughs) mistake. What? That is, that is far left field. Wow. Quinn Cook for Bazemore. But still... Your statement for saying Kent Bazemore is a beast, I, I start to disagree, brother. Yeah. I'm looking at basketball reference, they have LeBron listed as a point guard, and they have Dion listed as a combo guard. So, you know, the, the Lakers have options there. I'm thinking about defense, man. Okay, so in your ideal lineup with Rondo gone and with Bradley not joining the team, who would you guys have? 
for the starting lineup or potential closing lineup in Orlando for the Lakers? Wow. Um, That's a deep sigh. Okay, I'm going to go. I mean, this, this injury stuff is concerning. In all honesty, we're okay. We're going to close with Caruso in the game. Caruso, most likely, uh, the two is going to be interchangeable. I think if Danny Green is, is hot, most likely. Da- you know what? This is tough because we still got KCP. And I don't think uh, – in, in case, listen, listen, KCP, come on, don't let's not do him dirty. KCP has been doing pretty well. I understand the beginning of the season, I made a video when I said he was a joke because they were talking about shooting in the summer with uh, whoever that shooting coach is, and he came through and wasn't doing shit. But KCP has been doing his job. You're not going to expect 15 to 20 points like we saw in Detroit. I'm, I'm sorry. We're going to see a consistent 8 to maybe 11. He's going to hit some shots. He's going to play defense. And KCP has been pretty consistent when it comes to that after that little slump he had in the beginning. But Yeah, he's shooting career highs in field goal and three-point percentage. His free throw is kind of down, though. But Exactly. He's going to be an X factor. I'm calling it right now. That point position might have to be KCP. I don't, I don't want to start Caruso because he always brings that energy with that second unit regardless. And we could also sit LeBron down that last three minutes of the first quarter, let AD do his thing. You can have a Quinn Cook in there because you don't – a Quinn Cook in, um, I guess, Caruso at the two or Dion at the two. Just feed the feed Anthony Davis in the post. Then once that second quarter comes around, you throw Caruso in there with LeBron, it's, it's dangerous. So Caruso's going to end because of his defense and his chemistry with LeBron and being able to play with him. He is able to play with LeBron and AD relatively well. But to start, it's going to be interchangeable. I think we, we're, we're going to look at – I my best bet might be KCP because uh, just because of the defense. We don't even need him to uh, bring up the ball. I would I would say KCP or uh, or Quinn Cook. But KCP is my choice for our starting at, at the one. All right. Daniel? This is a situation like I, I want to see how we're playing first, and then I will make a, a clear decision at the end. First little scrimmage next next Wednesday on Fox, or Fox Sports West. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's been so many injury problems with this team that, like, I, I need a little bit more time to breathe in all the info I have and then kind of make a decision. I'm thinking defense, bro. I'm thinking defense. This guard heavy. Danny Green, I know he's a solid defender, but we're going to need that extra help at that one. And Danny Green is more is better off guarding that two and three position. And I think KCP does a solid job with the ones and twos. And that's 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 what we're missing ultimately at that one and in that starting lineup. Or you could throw Quinn Cook in there just for the shooting, but then we're kind of on the defensive end. If KCP is going to be inserted at the at the guard at the position you're talking about, Jarrell, like I, I I need him at the form that he was last season or like two seasons ago. Dude, like that, have you not seen him play this season? Okay, okay. okay. I mean, he's been doing me, good at the at the later end of the stretches. Let me just put this into context, right? KCP this year is averaging. Nine points and two assists and two rebounds, right? Nothing too crazy. The last two seasons, he's averaged about 12 points and about four rebounds and two assists. This year, though, he's shooting better than he's ever done. So he might be like improving because that's just how these things are. But can we also factor in that we relied a little bit more on KCP those other years because we weren't we were missing a lot of offensive firepower. He has a specific role. Like I said earlier, we're not looking for him to score 15 points. We're not looking for Detroit KCP. That 9 points is effective. It's at valuable times within this game when we're watching when we're watching LeBron dish it out to him for a 3 and he hits it. 
He hits a three or two, and it, it gets that momentum flowing. KCP is – I didn't consider it before Rondo got injured, but KCP has to be one of those X factors. He's been consistent. He does what he needs to do. He's done it consistently. He's played defense. Not saying he's going to lock down every person he's guarding, but he's do, he's he's doing a good enough job, and he shot a good, he shot well enough to work with AD and LeBron, and that's all we need at that one position. We're not looking for fucking CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, uh, John Wall, uh, Steph Curry. We're not looking for those. We all we need is that that foundation. Look, at, think about it. Avery Bradley was starting at the point guard position. How much was that motherfucker average? You feel what I'm saying? So why when we bring KCP in? He's probably they're probably averaging just about the same amount of points. Avery Bradley is probably slightly a better defender than KCP. But then when we factor in KCP's height and weight, that's probably in 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 uh, wingspan that's giving us advantages as well. That is the only reasonable answer to put at that slide in that one position right now, aside from uh, Alex Caruso. But my point stated earlier with the bench, I I I don't I don't think we we give as much credit as we should to KCP in his consistency this year. I mean, I definitely see what you what you're going there with with Jarrell. At the same time, he he didn't mention Alex Caruso, and he's really stepped it up this year. But I do agree with you. I feel like he's better off coming off the bench, helping and energize the team, and ending games. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I just want to get a a quick temp gauge here. There wasn't any mention of Jr. Smith. Dog. Okay. Listen. I thought we were talking about that one position. I don't. J.R. Smith. In general. In okay. General. I it's I'm indifferent with the signing. If we're being honest, uh, prove me wrong. I I don't. I, I'm I'm not afraid of admitting I'm wrong. But prove me wrong. Let me see something. He's 35, 36 years old, right? What are we expecting from him? I'm expecting five to ten points maximum, if that. But you also got Deion Waiters, which I've stated in the podcast before. These are similar players to me. I don't mm-hmm. really care about that that offense too much. I know we struggled a little bit, but I'm more focused on this defense. I, I think Quinn Cook can shoot. Throw him out there. KCP is going to shoot. Danny Green is going to shoot. But what we're missing is Avery Bradley's defense. What we're missing is that third to fourth option scoring wise. And I understand we're going to get we're going to get that at least out of one of those two, Deion or J.R. Smith. So I'm not really hot, heavy on that. And we didn't mention Kuzma because that because he doing. <laughs> He's just there. He he's he has just existed all season long. That's the dude we should be talking about. Yeah, consistent. He's just happy to be there. Only thing he consistent with is changing his hairstyle and messing with all different types of celebrities. Every once in a while, he makes a diss track diss track with Lonzo. Man. Yeah, and speaking of social media, uh, there actually are Twitter accounts that highlight what the players have been dealing with in the bubble. They're at NBA Bubble Life and at WNBA Bubble Life. And, you know, those are actually really good follows because they provide an insight to what the players have been going through. And one of the things that the players have been going through is the snitch hotline. And a few days ago, <laughs> yeah, a few days ago, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports said it hasn't been utilized. But then, almost like a day or two, Shams reported that there have been multiple tips placed with the hotline. So I guess uh, Chris Paul's got a ton of phones on on standby. So hey, I thought it was the funniest thing ever that I saw something on Twitter or Instagram with D'Angelo Rus- Russell as the uh, poster boy for this hotline. <laughs> yeah, uh, good thing the Timberwolves—they not there, right? 
They not in Orlando, right? No, no. Yeah, so good thing they not there, but somehow D'Angelo's still gonna find a way. Dude, it's kind of like high school, man. Like everyone, everyone could technically and theoretically snitch on each other, and not not come out for who it was at the end of the day. You yeah. know, it, it's bound to happen that something's gonna get leaked, and we're gonna see who snitched. Come on now, just don't break the bro code. D'Angelo did it. Ice in his veins. Apparently. Just wanted to switch gears a little bit. I don't... Do you guys have anything else to add before I switch gears? The food looks terrible. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of terrible things, great segue. The Sean Jackson of the Eagles made a social media post, a quote falsely attributed to Adolf Hitler, essentially putting down Jewish people. He's been fined by the team and... A lot of people have spoken out to him about the effects of his actions, including Julian Edelman, who is Jewish. What do you guys think about that? We all make mistakes, and Deshaun Jackson like really f***ed up here. But, you know, I, I mean, as with people with mistakes all the time, I hope Deshaun can learn from, from what he did here and learn, you know, why why like this quote was kind of bad on, on him. We live in an age where any and everything you post on social media should be proofread like you you let's run this by and i understand we want to have like freedom and feel normal but i guess i think this was one of those situations where you i get you got to make sure you know what you're saying but i like to point out the positives out of it i understand he was wrong he he admitted he was wrong as soon as he found out what happened we have other players or other people like julian edelman that are are seeking to help him gain an understanding and notice what deshaun jackson did did he did he backlash it? Did he did he continue to uh, promote it? Nah, he admitted it, and he's on that journey of trying to figure out what that what tried to understand what Julian Edelman is coming from, trying to understand what that meant. And I think people should take note of that. Don't stop leaning on the fucking negatives and take note on him admitting what he did wrong, and trying to make it a better thing more understanding for him and you never know down the line that he might be able to share this information with other people yeah and with regards to sharing the message with other people a survivor from auschwitz actually reached out to jackson and they are planning to go just learn about the history because being attributed to hitler is never a good thing the more that these things are happening yeah it sucks that they're doing it but at the same time you have to commend these people for instead of being angry and grabbing whatever and just trying to shove it in yeah yeah they're taking responsibility and at the same time they're actually telling deshaun hey what you did was wrong but we're willing to forgive and here is what you need to know they're they're educating him on the things that have happened so i think that's another positive we can take away from that because education is never a bad thing and education is great until uh tuition is the same price for online classes but yeah i agree with you yeah absolutely and speaking of education the washington redskins have started to learn that their their name (laughs) is bad is racist finally we started to learn finally yeah it it took them a little bit you know i mean just took them a little bit longer than usual but you know at least they're doing it it's a start it's complete insanity dan snyder has fought this thing for years for years and once and once he saw that his bottom line was getting impacted, he finally gave in to the pressure. So now we're going to have a name change finally. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to keep our foots on their necks, right? 
And we're yep, going to change mm-hmm. the logo too, right? I, I'm assuming that's going to be the case, yeah. I hope so, because all we're hearing is the name. You know how literal and specific it can be, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. There's no word yet on when the new name is going to be revealed, but just a quick question to you guys. What do you guys think the name's going to be? <sighs> I the think... Capitals. <laughs> the Washington Capitals. Um. Rumor is Red Wolves is in high consideration. Um, I wouldn't, yep, because I think the red. I'm I'm not an animal expert. Don't shoot me, but I believe a common animal in the area is the red wolf. So maybe that could be the name. Uh, the red tails. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's picked out. Um, it that's in tribute to the uh, Tuskegee Airmen back in World mm-hmm. War Two. Don't be surprised if they pick something generic like the Senators. I think we need to brainstorm a little bit more. I don't even I, – I ditch the whole color thing. Well, let's not even do red. What other – can we think in the NFL what other team has a color in the name? Color in the name. Uh, there are a couple teams in hockey, but – But NFL? No. No. All right, then. So, f*** out of here with the, the color stuff. Come on. Come out with something, something a little bit more clever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just, just a little bit more. And the Senators and the Capitals, the Capitals was a joke. It was a total joke. But I, they need some brainstorming um, and not appropriate and, and find a, a, a compromise, a, a better name for sure. Soon. What about the monuments? Hmm. That would be Washington. That's the Washington Monument. I have a feeling like they're just going to bring back a previous like NFL team name. Yeah, probably, right? Yeah, because they don't want to do any thinking. Maybe like the generals or something. Yeah, I mean, the 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 name change is is great and all, but at the end of the day, this Washington team is still owned by Dan Snyder, which reeks of mediocrity, as Jarrell has known his entire life. So, still a hole down in Washington. Yeah, and change the change the name, change the logo, but continue to be a horrible team. No offense, so my Eagles can continue to shine. Fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-G-L-E-S-G-O! Cuckoo! right. And speaking of horrible teams, Cleveland and <laughs> Miles Garrett, well, they they got to a, a five-year, $125 million extension. So, cool. Uh, <laughs> do you think this helps the Browns at all, since they are the Browns? I mean, most of, most of the Browns' help this season has come on offense to help Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's cool. You you got your best defender locked down for the for for now. So, um, I think the the Browns could be. I have them at nine to eleven wins this season. Uh, I think the offense has been improved enough, and Baker has more protection than ever. I, I think I think the Browns will do better than last. I think this is a critical year for Baker Mayfield, and I think he will succeed. Uh, the Browns are destined for failure, regardless. Uh, yeah, they got all this, they got all that, but just something's going to happen. Injuries, Odell Beckham Jr. can't stay healthy for I don't know what, but this was a great uh, move by uh, the Browns. Who wants to sign there? No one. no one. So you have to lock down who you got. Well, let's let's think about the Kings uh, with Buddy Hill. Even though Buddy Hill is Buddy Hill, but yeah, you got it. You got you got some talent. You got to make sure you keep them. So this was a smart move by the Browns because they're not going to get anyone better. I just realized that they haven't made the playoffs in almost 20 years. And it's going to keep yeah. on going. 
they haven't made the playoffs since they're like since at all since then their the the 1999 uh, relocation. So it that's they, bad. They need to change their name too. Cuz what the f- Cleveland Browns? What what is that? I what mean, is to that? Be, to be fair, it it kind of matches with, you know, the way they're playing, which is doo-doo. So Exactly. That's why they need <laughs> they need a whole revamp like logo name. Come on now. That's horrible. Yeah. The, what they, is, the, their logo is a helmet. Look at their like, colors, bro. The jersey. I'm sorry, I keep cutting off. It's just it's, everything about the Browns is pretty horrible. But go ahead, yeah. Dave. They they've been frankly been a bunch of turds the last exactly. twenty years. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Browns, what do you do, right? You're the constant joke of everyone, and that's just how it is, man. That's just how it is. But yeah, I I just wanted to get your guys' take on this, Drill. You put this down on the dock, but Kenny Stills of Houston. He was arrested for protesting and peacefully protesting while Breonna Taylor's murderers are still out in the street. That's a quote from him. It goes back. I hate to bring it back to everything that we've, everything negative that we've talked about, but like, what is going on? I mean, it just, it just goes back that law enforcement in this country has lacks boundaries per se. The police ha- are are itching for the gun or itching for the handcuffs, and this is this is the result. So. It, it kind of shows you how police and how we treat protesters. It needs to be rethought from the ground up in this country. That's for sure. It's just another example of the injustices that are going on within this country, within society. Um, if you're quick to put a handcuffs on 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 a person of color, just say it <laughs> and throw them in jail, regardless of what's going on. It's been implemented within our origins. We've seen it change in various ways throughout the years. And it's just showing that like it's crazy because I saw a picture popped up um, that the police officers that killed Beyond Taylor, one of them was at a, at the beach with two women, like just living his best life. Like that's wild. You can you can get off with murder. How to get away with murder? These police officers really been watching that show, and it's crazy. It's really crazy. I know this is kind of random. Just want to put in for historical circumstances the decision not to abolish slavery at the uh, constant at the first constitutional convention uh, back in the 1780s was single-handedly one of the worst mistakes this country has ever done. And the consequences, the consequences of that decision has still has negatively affect this nation to this very day. The, the decision to leave the issue of slavery alone was fatal. It a hundred years later, the civil war broke out and a hundred years later, we have the civil rights movement, which, which was in, in many ways people got hurt. Yes, it was a good cause, but, it was it, some of the stuff that happened there was brutal, and police brutality still carries on. The decision of slavery in general, in any form or fashion, should have never happened. <laughs> yeah, obviously, at yeah. all. <laughs> but uh, my, but I, I totally get what you're saying. No, I get I get what you're saying, bro. I absolutely get what you're saying, bro. Before yeah. you about to go off on me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it sucks that this is happening, and. We are seeing some change. Like I've seen a lot of different police police forces around the country are getting defunded. Some of those, I guess, funds are being redistributed to other more useful things. So that's good. But it's just one of those things where you have to set boundaries. And Daniel brought it up, the concept of boundaries. And with that... Ghosts of Tsushima. I know that that transition could have could have been better. Let's put it that way. But 
it's coming out. It's coming out this Friday. So by the time you guys listen to this, you might have already gotten your hands on it. But Ghost of Shishima, it's from the reviews that I've read, it's a fairly, fairly, fairly great game. Yeah. And, and do you guys have any thoughts or any expectations for Sony's last current gen exclusive? Man, I just want to see some good samurai action. Hey, man, this game is, is going to be great. Uh, I haven't really dove like deep into the reviews, but I've been seeing a lot of high scores for this game. And just reading the plot and on the you see the complexity of the scenery is just amazing. And third person, of course, I love it. A great story. You love it. You got some stealth elements in there. You got different various uh, methods of fighting. This is, I feel, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Not as excited for The Last of Us, but I pre-ordered and all this and all that. So I, I just can't wait to get my hands on it, man. I mean, definitely agree with Drill. The game looks good. I think it's going to be a solid outing. I've seen a lot of videos on it and I've seen multiple people play it. And one of the things that came to mind was that it's it looks very similar to Assassin's Creed. I don't know if you guys have ever played that. Um, it, the series started out well. It hasn't. It, it has. It's kind of declined as things have moved. I I I feel like this is going to be unique. Like I don't think I've ever seen a game with so much depth and just walking through uh the grass, the tall grass, and just seeing it wave with the wind. Um. I read something that said that they really wanted to make it seem like you were back in that time. And I think mm-hmm. that they're going, they reached this and I played Assassin's Creed probably for like a two, three year span and never beat any of the games because I just got irritated after a while, uh, jumping around buildings and stuff. I, I just, I don't want to compare it to that. Cause I don't really like Assassin's Creed as far as like the stealth, I guess maybe in the, the Assassin's Creed, it, it, it does look good, I guess. So I guess I can see the connection. But once I play it, then I get to formulate a better uh, opinion on it. Yeah, plus the the exploration, right? Because that's one of the things that Assassin's Creed prided itself on was having these vast, these wide, vast, open places with barely any boundaries. You could go back to medieval France or you could go back to ancient Egypt and all these different places that even the, the newer games, there's just so much to do that... It's not necessarily a bad thing that Ghost of Tsushima is being compared to one, arguably one of the better game series of any generation. I see your point there. I mean, at yeah. the same time, like with a lot of game series, um, it risks getting it. It risks, especially an example was like Call of Duty, and it happened to Assassin's Creed too, where it got like it. It just became release after release. It became quantity over quality, but you know. I mean, I digress, but the game looks good so far. Just the the structures of the ground which Assassin's Creed was built on is being compared to Ghost of Tsushima. I see that. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and, you know, there is a new Assassin's Creed game coming out, Uh. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, (laughs) I don't... Personally, I haven't really seen too much of it set to release on November 17th. The one Assassin's Creed game that I did thoroughly enjoy was Assassin's Creed 2. And then after that, I haven't necessarily gotten into it. But with the Viking kind of backstory for Valhalla, I think that might, you know, this might be a rental for me. It's one of those series that, you know, that's obviously gotten too many releases. And and thus, over the years, the excitement for the series has kind of 
dwell down. So I'm not kind really looking forward. If they're really relying heavy, heavily on the Viking aspect, we're going to have to see a lot of those elements within it that's going to kind of give us a different feel than what we've been experiencing the previous installments. So, I mean, that's interesting, I guess. But are they going to focus solely on that? It's one of those things. You guys talk about a lot of installments. And the last few years, Assassin's Creed has been slightly stumbling. Um I know that there was an Assassin's Creed that was heavily panned because of basically how it was playing. It was pretty bad. And one of the games that, for me personally, that I find to play not as great is Watch Dogs Legion. Um, that's set to release on October 29th. But Watch Dogs as a series, watch. I played the original Watch Dogs. Um, I think we played a little bit, Jarrell. It's disappointing. I, it's, it's just a disappointing call, like Grand Theft Auto kind of knockoff with the addition of hacking but go ahead g i feel like it had potential i played the first one but it just i don't i don't see where i haven't i haven't fed into it so i don't even know too much about it i only played the first one and like i said potential the storyline was okay could have been better that's mm-hmm. that's all i have on it <laughs> it's just like the series so far just doesn't really inspire it's it it's not as fun as it could be like the the hacking aspect could have been so like so much stronger in the the storyline like they you got to tell a better better story like i think that would have made it better like what more can you do what are we going to hack well for uh, assassin's creed for watchdogs legion you can actually start talking to different people not necessarily hacking but you can start talking to other people and you can actually play as almost anyone in the world the game is set in london and so i was watching videos of this this group of guys they were roaming around the city until they saw this you know frail old woman and they started talking to them they started doing these uh these side missions for her and she ended up being a playable character and just having that freedom to pick and choose who you can talk to and who you want to talk to and then potentially having them in your group that's a pretty good draw for some people yeah because you you'll never expect like an old you know frail grandmother of someone someone's grandmother weird way of saying that and potentially jacking a car i mean yeah i mean i'm I'm always open to new ideas and you know some some are some ideas are they're putting out is is already interesting but at the end of the day we need to see what the product plays at the end and what people say Cause, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think the idea is there, but we have to see the execution of it because we might think we have all of this creative flexibility, <laughs> hence at 2K, and we go in there and we're very limited. Like, okay, you can't just walk up to a random person it has to be one of the one of the potential playable uh, characters. So those elements of um, like role-playing, always love it. But like Daniel said, we just have to see the execution of it. Right, and... With that being said, you guys talked about the end of the day, and the sun is slowly setting in that direction, whatever that direction that is. So I just want to say, uh, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. And I am Mr. Daniel Wayne, and joining us is Jarrell Sale. And we will see you next week.